You're listening to The Catalyst with Samantha Chris, where we explore the inner workings of embracing the unknown, from ordinary daily habits to extraordinary measures. Get ready, we're about to ignite change and inspire action. Welcome back to The Catalyst, everyone. I'm your host, Samantha Chris, and with me today is Melanie Jade Bulleris, registered nurse clinician and owner of Nomadic Nurse Agency. From watching the show ER from her parents' bedroom as a toddler to working in emergency trauma, Melanie is no stranger to adrenaline and diversity. She aspires to be the role model that she wishes she had as a novice nurse and to be an advocate for health in all forms. She founded Nomadic Nurse Agency in 2019. Soon after, the pandemic took her company for a ride that she didn't see coming, but she took the opportunity for learning and helping people during extremely challenging times. Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I got to start by asking what 2020 has been like for you on the front lines. It has been the most trying, interesting, chaotic a year ever uh, as an emergency nurse and as a business owner in a healthcare setting it's been um it's been testing us to our fullest potential we've been exercising every resource uh and exhausting it completely it has been the most intense time ever you're a huge proponent for having a positive mindset and with the hospitals being overrun and seeing both the physical and mental impact of COVID-19 firsthand, what have you done to stay positive during these times? Well, one of the most important things is that I'm, I'm fortunate to have good health and I've had good health throughout this pandemic because I could have easily come down with COVID, had to shut down the company for a couple of weeks and you know, I've, I've been fortunate for a lot of things. And one of the things that I've been thinking of is I have a job compared to a lot of people right now. And I consider myself very fortunate of that too. So gratitude has been my savior for this. Um, If something doesn't work, it's okay. We pick up, we start again, or we go to a different direction. When something is not meant to work or not working, it's probably not meant to be at that moment Mm. and like for example like I had before the pandemic I had so many other bigger opportunities come my way and I was supposed to leave the country so I got a job like out out of the country in Los Angeles and I was starting the company was not supposed to go down this route and it was supposed to be uh, much bigger and different and a different angle and both of those things came crashing down but I didn't look at it as a loss. I looked at it as a paused opportunity. And when the time is right, it'll start again. But right now I felt like with what I have, with the fact that I have it, I still have a job with the fact that I have a voice in healthcare, I felt like my best thing to do is be grateful for what I have and use my, my superpowers as I like to call it. Cause every healthcare professional, no matter what you do is a superhero. So I want to use my superpowers for good and help others make the best healthcare decisions that can work for them. So you didn't just pivot, right? You talked about a paused opportunity with your plans going into 2020, basically kind of going out the window for the time being, but you didn't just 
like make it work and stay afloat, you basically rebuilt yourself. I mean, your brand, the nomadic nurse agency brand is something that this time last year didn't even exist. And you're doing interviews and you're on the radio and you're on TV while saving lives. <laughs> I mean, what did you do beyond kind of pivoting and saying, oh, going in this direction now that you can kind of tangibly suggest as something that really contributed to this new direction that you're on? The amount of pivoting that I had to do, the best example that I did is that on March 15th, 2020, I was, we were getting the notice that everything was going to go into a lockdown mm-hmm. in Montreal and Quebec and even actually nationwide. And I remember working in, I was working emergency trauma that night and I got a phone call from all my contractors. Um, and we're talking about like 10 of them saying like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I felt as if I was just dealing with a case. Now, not many people are going to say that, though, this is very relatable to me, but this is what, at the moment, what I was able to relate to. So at that moment, when I had all this chaos, like fall onto my lap, but it wasn't health related. Like these are decisions that I had to make that not necessarily cost someone their life at that moment, but I'm used to somebody being in a situation where, okay, I got to make a decision that's going to be best interest for the patient so that their blood pressure doesn't drop and they don't start coding. Like that's, that's the way I I put myself in that moment. So I was like, okay, I have all these contractors calling me. They don't know what to do because of the pandemic. What do I know about this virus? What can I now, what's the best decision based on how everyone's responding? So I just, I use my critical thinking skills that I have to its fullest potential, but I pivoted towards business and I just, I try to keep like a cookie cutter system that I use for nursing when I'm in a, in a code situation or when I'm in dealing with a very like intense trauma to uh, pivoting it towards business. And I just applied it. And every single time I had to make a change because you know how many changes we went through this year, like Mm -hmm. with, with policies and lockdowns and all these things, I had to make so many changes so quickly. I think I changed my business plan in itself like five times. (laughs) (laughs) Although people may not be able to relate to the fact that they may not have, you know, life or death situations and needing to make decisions in the moment that could potentially save someone's life. Where what I hear is kind of the undercurrent here is recognizing that you have transferable skills, recognizing that you have data points or information that you can leverage to inform your next decision, and using what you know, what you've experienced in the past, and kind of projecting that into a future opportunity. And I don't think you need to be a nurse or you know a healthcare provider or any role in particular to recognize. I've made past choices. I've learned from them. I have skills that can actually get me through this if I'm willing to think outside the box and be creative in how those can be applied to this new world. Absolutely. Like we are in a, we're in a time where we have to diversify now or else we don't, we can't put food on the table for our families. Mm. We have to be careful because if we do, if we come out down with COVID, not only are we able to, we are not able to put food on the table for our families. We, we can end up in the hospital and we may not die, but we could have some long-term effects from COVID, which I've, which I'm already starting to see. It's, 
it's honestly such an intense time when it comes down to decision making. And I know a lot of us are exhausted from making so many decisions every single day and everyone's trying to make a decision so that they can create a routine of consistency, not just for themselves, but sometimes they have like an elderly person that has to in their life that they have to make a routine for, and that has to change. And then there's their children. Look at the schools. The schools mm -hmm. uh, for all over the world has been, have been altered like significantly. This kids are not going to be learning the same way. It's, it's in Montreal and Quebec, Canada, every, and the U S it's, it's not the same. And I'm very well aware that this pandemic is started from health and it's evolving into other issues. It's, we are having mental health, but then it stems off to the, uh, the growth of our children, the future of our children. It's stemming from economic wealth. It's not, that's, that's being hit. We're stemming from uh, resources for mental health and, and autism and the, and the list goes on. Mm -hmm. We are seeing so many evolving issues from this pandemic. It has literally been the preferred word. COVID is a catalyst for the issues, underlying issues that we haven't been dealing with adequately. And the world is saying, fix it today. And I mean, you're kind of, I mean, as a frontline worker, really at the frontline of that feedback, being trusted to fix it and to care for and to provide resources. We're seeing pictures of overworked nurses going viral on every platform. You, I've seen pictures of you, you know, after your double shift, after countless night shifts with no time off, and you're still managing to build a business, how are you keeping it all afloat? I mean, you mentioned gratitude, which I think goes a long way, but I mean, like that can't be it. Gratitude it was my key uh, at the beginning to realize where this, where I'm going to be going and I have to be grateful for what I have and I have to have the intention for helping people specifically because Here's the thing, and I think every business person is aware of this if, they, if the business person has good intentions. You do not do things for money. You do things to help people. You do things to fix a void. Right now, we had a void. I saw a market for people that were not doing well, that did not understand, that needed actual help in understanding the virus, understanding what, to, what the next decisions they had to make. I, I was alone during this pandemic when I was running the when I was running the company, and then because I was trying to fill my fill everything with positivity, people reached out to me, and be like, "Hey, do you need an administrative staff? Do you need a nursing assistant? Do you need a nurse? Do you need this?" And people just gravitated to what I was doing, and I, I managed to hire a staff of six administrative staff, and now I have 10 nurses on my roster. I have another company I, that's been helping me out with nursing staff. I have other uh, companies that have been referring me clients and actually asking for their inputs, uh, asking for input on, the, vac on the, the vaccine, the virus, and everything. So honestly, yeah. do right. Intentions must be right, and people will believe in what you're doing because you are showing people that you believe in what you're saying, what you're doing, what you're, where your heart is in the right place. And its intention is to listen and help everybody, not just one specific niche of people. It's to help everybody. Okay. I want to dig into that a little bit because I think we can get stuck on the wheel of wanting to help everybody. And I, mm -hmm. I do believe that it's probably different in the healthcare field, but you know, I'm speaking a little more generally in business and even in our personal lives that when we feel we can help everybody, 
we sometimes have a hard time helping anybody because we stretch ourselves too thin. And so how do you strike the balance of wanting to be the person that informs and educates and inspires and offers resources, but, you know, still recognizes that you're human? So this this has honestly been my tr- trying moment because I'm used to working in obviously <laughs> working in a healthcare system where we are already very stretched mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna lie about it it is what it is it's it's all over the news where we are healthcare professionals in this province are beyond stretched and you know um, I had to set boundaries it's all about learning how to set boundaries and it's okay to say no to things by the way it's okay because for example like you want like i you get a client that'll call me say i need a covid swap for this day at this time it's like okay well this is what my schedule provides like you can't do anything else it's like no this is what i can offer you i can do whatever i can because right now i'm a lone wolf until further notice be okay with saying well you know what um i since i can't provide you this service it's okay to refer to another company. I, that's why I have sister companies because if let's say, for example, I am, uh, I cannot do it, I will refer to another company that uh, is able to meet the standard or meet, meet that time frame for that client. It's okay to say, to say no to things. Um, I put business hours up. <laughs> that, that has been the best thing I've ever done, putting business hours up. Before that, my phone, I put myself, if you need any help, call me and let me tell you how my phone went from zero to a hundred <laughs> quick. And it's been like that throughout the whole pandemic. I've been getting so many um, people like really calling me, asking me for advice or asking for appointments. And when I started noticing the development, I started noticing, okay, what did my numbers show? And I reinvested back into my company for a proper administrative staff. And ever since it was the best thing because I had to also find nurses. These people, my team are my gold point. These are my people that have been so helpful and mm-hmm. I got, I bless them really. I've seen what the long-term effects of COVID is. And even though we haven't had very long-term, I've seen what it already does. I've seen what's like, if you, people rely on the COVID swab, have has anybody looked at a CT scan of what a COVID patient looks like? It's very, it's, it, that's, that's something that's scary. What does it look like? Looks like tuberculosis almost from what uh, I analyzed with another doctor. I spoke to a lot of professionals. It honestly looks like cotton balls on their CT chest. Mm. It's the long, from what it was described to me as, um, because my job is not to decipher CT scans or x-rays. It's actually a doctor. And I was talking with a doctor over my work weekend. And he was like, this is long-term uh, damage that we're seeing, like based on what they see on the CT scans and x-rays. Mm-hmm. You So this is the second time that you've mentioned long-term damage and long-term effects. A lot of people are talking about really just immediate term, you know, mm-hmm. either they know someone or they haven't, or, or if they get it, they think they're going to be fine or they will be fine because they're in good health. But what are some of the long-term effects that we need to be mindful of? So I'll give you an example. Um, we have a pa- one of the doctors I work with, he's, he's really great. He, um, he had a patient that had COVID and the patient was like, listen, I feel, feel pretty okay. And the doctor's like, okay, you got a stool. And he says, I want you to get step up on the stool and step down. Go like you're going up the stairs and do it a couple of times. After a couple of steps, this man was out of breath. Hmm. That's a sign. So getting shortness of breath easier. Like people are complaining of chronic fatigue. They're starting developing this chronic fatigue which is another thing as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people develop clotting disorders. 
and they have to be on anticoagulants. That's what we're starting to, to develop as well. Um, Long-term uh, respiratory damage. So we're still yet to see if it's going to lead to like an asthma or is it going to lead to COPD, but, or could it, could it recur, uh, cause recurring respiratory infections? Um, this is where we're still obviously investigating, mm-hmm. but we are seeing people come down with inflammation inside their lungs We're on the CT scan, and that requires a lot of treatment. Mm-hmm. I've been following your posts and you're talking about what you are here and not here to do. And you've been really vocal about the fact that you are here to educate and really keep people safe, but that you are not here to pick up the mess of those not willing to follow the rules, but that you'll do it anyway. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. So right now, I want to just make this very clear. I know the rules have been very confusing to people, uh, back, a little bit of back and forth, um, difficult to understand. I, and you know what? Also, it's very difficult to follow because, you know, you want to see your family members. And, and I don't want to take away from that. I, I really, I do, I do feel for the people on this end. But here's the thing. We can do it respectfully. We can do it responsibly. Um, but here's the thing, gatherings, I've seen people, I've like, I've seen people do gatherings over this weekend, like it's the holiday weekend. And while I'm at work, um, you know, taking care of COVID patients, I had to turn my phone off because I literally was seeing gathering after gathering after gathering. And it's heartbreaking because I see where the numbers, how the numbers are just going to start increasing. Hmm. You may think that, you know, you may not have it, but you can also be a very good carrier for it. You know, um, it la- if let's say, for example, you, somebody, somebody who's positive coughed in their hand, touched your, sh- touched your shoulder a couple times. And next thing you know, you may not necessarily have it, but you know, the next person that touches their shoulder and wipes their face, you know, that's how they get it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's how people can become carriers and people are having a difficult time understanding that. And it's, it's, that's the part that's heartbreaking because health professionals, I'll, I'll tell you something. I was in, I was in the resuscitation room on Monday morning on, on my night shift for four hours and I had to wear an N95 mask uh, on a patient that was luckily non-COVID, but we still didn't want to take a chance because we did have cases where they test negative, but we would look at a CT or chest x-ray and we'd see, uh, we'd see it otherwise and we retest a couple like right after that and they turn up positive. Hmm. This gentleman was not the case, but we still didn't want to chance it. And he needed a very, very invasive procedure and inside the inside the trauma room and you know all i can think about at that time was is this guy gonna have a hospital bed like listen it's not my job to determine that we have a nurse bed manager that's that's doing that or my nurse in charge at that time was doing that she did a great job but you still come to think of oh my god is is this guy gonna have a bed or are they gonna bump somebody that who doesn't necessarily need ICU that so they determine so that this guy can go in there because this guy he couldn't go anywhere else he needed an ICU bed and that's the scary part because right now we're thinking of that and luckily he got it but there's some people that there's some if you if we talk about what's going to go on in January that's may not be the case mm-hmm. we might we might be fighting for beds we and ICU is going to be stressed about transferring their patients or bed management on there and like this is it's gonna it's gonna get to the point where we're gonna we're gonna be on the brink of breaking our healthcare system feels this way. And you want to know, this is not a Quebec thing. This is not a Canada thing. This is an international thing. 
it's scary things. Mm-hmm. Really scary. What has been one of the hardest moments for you this year? Misinformation has been my worst enemy and has been health professionals worst enemy. It's been extremely scary because this is what's changing the outcome of things. There's one thing to be hesitant and do your research, but there's one thing to be completely misinformed saying that this is not real saying that this is all um, uh, a political stunt. I don't understand where you're say If I hear hospital beds, hospitals are empty, you're misinformed, my friend. You're, you're talking on behalf of something that you don't know anything about. You don't hear me coming to you talking about engineering if you're an engineer. <laughs> you don't hear me coming to you and saying uh, and talking to you about like marketing. Like I have, I ask, I consult people for my marketing. Y'all don't hear me going around uh, giving advice about how to fly a plane. I'm no pilot. <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't know how you can still keep, you know, some kind of humor. <laughs> Kudos to you. Because I can't even imagine, I really can't even begin to fathom how stressful this year has been for you. I have a wicked team. Mm-hmm. And we all were going to go to hell because we got dark humor. <laughs> we have we are honestly i work with amazing people and that makes the load of difference and we're all realize that we're in the same boat and we're all realize that you know we're we're doing this together yes we're all fed up in our individual ways but you want to know what like it's i got good people beside me it's so important yeah it really is it's i'm blessed we rely so much on the healthcare system to take care of us, but what could we be doing better? What could we change to take better care of our healthcare professionals and our frontline workers? The best thing that we can do is if you don't understand something, if there's something that you, you're, you're hesitant about, do your research and ask the right people. Mm. Don't resource on Instagram. Don't resource on Facebook. Don't resource on news clippings, for God's sake. Like, no, but honestly, honestly, like, I, I, I get clippings all the time. Misinformation has been our huge, has been our biggest enemy. Seriously, it's been what we've been fighting against. Misinformation. You go on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you see health professionals with their mouth open, completely jaw dropped to the floor. Like, are you serious? People are actually, like, saying these things? Like, it's very important that we inform ourselves correctly. What this is, we can, we need to be more inclined to learn about what's going on. CDC has been excellent. We've been working tirelessly to follow follow regulations. Keep in mind, nothing is entirely perfect. We are working tirelessly to make sure that we create the safest measures or create have the most has the have the best personnel have the PPE at our fingertips so that we stay as safe as possible we are we just want you to understand that the reality that we're living in is not a hoax it's not a joke and you don't want to step foot in the trauma room where I where I work so I highly incline that for people to stay safe is, you know, when, what you're reading, please be cautious of what you're reading. Please be cautious of what you're hearing. And if it's too much, don't, it, don't hesitate to tune out, but just be safe. And 
ask like I created this platform, this this branding, so that you can ask me questions. And if you're hesitant about me, I'm so okay with you fact checking me. That's that's getting a second or third opinion is your absolute right. And go for it. You don't have to stick with one opinion. You should be going to seek others because you want to make sure that you're seeing consistency in the information. Mm. And of course, wear a mask. <laughs> wash your hands that's what we should have we should be washing our hands before pandemic so i don't know why i'm saying that but to be all honest so what's next for you post pandemic i mean the world is gonna you know get slightly you know more back to normal at some point and i want to know what what are your next steps uh oh my gosh i i really want I, I want to, there's so much I want to do with the company. I want it to, there's so much development I want to do and I'm on the road to doing it and it's going to happen. I'm st- I have my little, my little vision board for 2021 started. <laughs> nice. And I, you know, what's funny, Sam, speaking of vision board, I, this time around this time last year, you had a vision board party that I attended. I did. And I op- and I kept this vision board underneath my, my um my desk at home and i opened it up and it manifested by itself like it was by itself okay with a ton of hard work let's say with a ton of hard work (laughs) that's true with a ton of hard work but like i but i haven't looked at it in months and then i was like oh what is this and then i look at it i'm like oh my god i made this happen like i made it happen and honestly when you jot things down like it's it's insane how things just like if you just put in if you how you see your path and how you get to the how you make the steps to get on the path and just remember that the path may change but the goal remains the same and it's okay if the path changes cuz it means that you're the that you have there's plans for your goals to be much bigger than than what you when you seek them out to be mm-hmm. and what i want to do is i still want to go to los angeles i, I i've been talking about going for so long i've been talking about going to the u.s as, as a travel nurse for a very long time but i i still want to i still want to go there i still want to work in the emergency over there but i just i i want to be a part of board of directors all this stuff like i i just i want to help people i want to take my platform to somewhere where people can really learn and do better mm. thank you so much where can people find you to learn more, to follow your journey and to ask questions as I'm sure there are many. So people can follow me on my personal platform on Instagram, nurse Melanie Jade B. They can follow us also on Instagram at nomadic nurse agency. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, nomadic nurse agency and my LinkedIn at Melanie Jade Bulleris. Amazing. Melanie, thank you so much for taking the time and spending it with us today and for the information and sharing parts of your journey. It's been such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for having me. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Catalyst with Samantha Chris. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I hope you're feeling a little more equipped to lean into the unknown and take inspired action.